This is the Publicity for Pet Businesses podcast with Rachel Spencer. Listen in each week for tips on ways to win media coverage and create content to make sure your pet business stands out from the competition. Hi, and thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the podcast, which I'm really excited to share with you. I'm chatting to Bella Vasta, who is a pet business marketing coach over in America. Bella has got over two decades experience running her own pet sitting business and she now works with pet business owners to help them grow their businesses and make more money. We're talking all about how to conquer the cost of living crisis in your pet service business and she's talking about lots of different things but the key things we're covering is why it's important to keep on marketing during these challenging times why the why behind your business will connect you with people who are right for you and who are happy to pay what you need them to pay you how it's important to look at the numbers in your business and not hide away from them and actually if you just keep your ears and eyes peeled and listen to what people need and adapt your products and services accordingly then you can come out of this cost of living crisis not only surviving but really thriving and with a business that you love so i hope you enjoy this episode i really enjoyed chatting to bella she's got so much wisdom to share i've put all of the ways that you can find out more about her so her own podcast and her social media handles in the show notes do go and connect with her let you let her know what you think and now on for the main part of the show so hi bella thank you so much for coming on the podcast hi it's my pleasure how are you rachel I'm very good, thank you. I'm very excited to have you here today. Um, I've been a big fan of yours and listened to your podcast for many, many years. Um, so it's wonderful to have you come to talk to me. First of all, can you just tell us about you and your background in the pet industry? Yeah, so uh, I'm based in Phoenix, Arizona, USA, and I've been doing this for 20 years now. I started in 2002 as a way to get out of my parents' house when I was in college. Um, and so I started a pet sitting and dog walking company then. Uh, and then in 2007, I was nationally and locally award winning. And people started asking me, how do I do what you do? And I started coaching, uh, unbeknownst to me. And then when I sold my pet sitting company in 2016, um, I had had gone full-fledged with the coaching and really created a massive business with a team all over the world now. And um, we have a mastermind. We have a podcast, as you mentioned. We've got a marketing agency. We've got the podcast. Uh, and I also do the one-on-one, um, I call them intensives or coaching packages as well. So uh, we kind of do all of that. Now we just also started going into the house cleaning industry and uh, t- took the marketing agency into the house cleaning industry too. So it's um it's pretty fun. <laughs> it's wow. a wild ride and I love it. Craig, you've got a lot going on then, haven't you? And <laughs> like a lot of experience in the industry as having run your own pet sitting business and um and all the work that you do with your clients as well. Um so we've we have arranged this chat today to talk about like what's going on in the world at the moment. And I know it's quite a turbulent time, isn't it? With over here in the UK, we've got the cost of living crisis, and I know where you are as well, there is a lot of economic uncertainty. And I wanted to chat to you really about that and about um about how to kind of get through challenging times in your pet business and like what your thoughts are really so tell us about some of the I know you've you're you're coaching mostly now you've got lots going on but tell us about like was there a time when you were in you know when you were kind of in the thick of it pet sitting and where it was hard and what you know what kind of experiences did you have and how did you get through them 
Most definitely. Um, I had the most expensive company, like charging. We we charged the most expensive by ten U.S. dollars. Um, back in two thousand eight, when the market crashed, and um, I held tight to uh, Dan Kennedy's no marketing uh, BS series, and it was the one that was to the affluent. And um, the biggest thing I took from him was that, uh, especially businesses that are going after the middle class or maybe, you know, trying to be the cheapest or the most available or all of that stuff, they're never going to win in a downturn economy. And that's the thing. One thing that we can guarantee is that the economy is never going to be healthy and awesome all the time. It is going to ebb and flow. And if you have a long-term uh, uh, business, you're going to have to ride those waves. So let's first acknowledge it's going to happen and it's happening right now, right? So the second thing is, is that as the business owner, I saw, I was like, okay, well, Dan Kennedy, uh, marketing to the affluent says that the people who are, um, who he literally talked about the pet industry in this book, which I thought was like uncanny. But uh, he talked about it's not necessarily like they've got tons of money in the bank, but it's their mindset that they deserve it, or better yet, their pets deserve it. So it's the difference between getting the supermarket uh, dog food or going to a specialty shop and buying them the premium food or raw food or preparing their food every day. They might be a school teacher on a minimum salary but they believe and they will put their pets in front of them. And so that's that affluent mind. So what I did is I said, all right, people are scared to spend money. They need a guarantee. And in 2008, I said, we are guaranteed to be the best value for pet sitting in the entire valley. And that's what it's called here, the valley. Yeah. And what I did is I leveraged all of my networking community and I had them give me free things. I was collecting free coffee, free pizza, free uh, car washes, free um, house organization, like all kinds of stuff because these businesses just wanted to get in front of people and they were willing to give me something for free. So Rachel, you signed up for my company and signed up for pet sitting for the weekend. And I gave you $1,500 worth of free services. It was insane. And so I figured out a way to leverage it. But you know, can we do that all the time? No. But what I think this always goes back to, and this is everything in business, it comes back to your own mindset. And if you think ho-hum is me, uh, I see more problems than solutions, then you're going to fail and it's not going to work. But if you understand distinctly why you're doing it and you reverse engineer your business for that why, and you position your marketing to support your numbers and your why, then it makes all the difference in the world. It's the people that fail right now that are looking at that number one, watching the news all the time. I don't watch the news at all. <laughs> like I don't, um, because it's depressing and you, um, it, it doesn't help in any way. What am I gonna? Okay, <laughs> the economy is not that great right now. What is that gonna do for me? It's just gonna put me in a state of fear, and I need to protect my mental state uh, tremendously right now. I need to stay the visionary and and not you know, in the grave, so to speak. So um, I think that it really comes down a lot to someone's uh, tenacity, their vision, how they're going to figure out like, okay, I might not easily be able to go to it right now because the economy or people's worries or troubles or fears are very volatile, but what are we going to do? And I mean, if I back it up and I hope this is okay, then I'm kind of keep going. Yeah. You know, back in 2020, I made all these predictions and all my predictions came true. I mean, the writing's on the wall. I don't know 
we both of our countries had similar patterns, right? With bailouts and helping out, um, you know, the communities. But like, <laughs> this wasn't coming, just dropping from the sky. We had to pay for it somehow. So whatever goes out is going to come back in. And we're feeling that right now. You know, the people that were taking, at least in the United States, all of these like these loans when they didn't need them, but they were scared and they just wanted to get this money, you know, like they contributed to the problem. And now they're part of the part of the people that are complaining about it. So it's like, all of these things that we can't control, figure out what you can control. Figure out like, where do you want your business to go? How can you set yourself unique? How can you look at the marketing and have a different message that everyone else doesn't have? How can you sell your unique services and your value proposition and not the industry? So many people are selling the industry all day long and they don't stand out. Like, why should I buy you? So then the conversation becomes, oh, well, you're $30 and you're $20. Dollars, And if you're telling me that you do the same thing, then I'm going to pick the $20 one because you haven't differentiated yourself in the market. So there's that was a lot to unpack there. And I'm sorry, I get very no, passionate okay. about this. <laughs> but I really truly believe that everything is figureoutable. Maria yeah. Forleo wrote a book, Everything's Figureoutable. Um, because it truly is. It's just how bad do you want it? And you're going to fail doing it. But the way that you get back up and go for it is what really counts. And that's what's going to get you through the stuff like this. Like I said, one guarantee is that this is not the only economic downturn you're going to be a part of. I mean, unless you're going to, God forbid, die in the next year or two, you're probably going to go through this again. So let's just face those facts. How are you going to position yourself? Now, going, I'm going to close this part. Sorry. So going back to Dan Kennedy, one of his premises was that when you market to the affluent, when you market value, for example, we're an exchange of guilt and love as pet sitters and dog walkers. We're not an exchange of 30 minutes for $20. If you're 30 minutes for $20, then they're going to find the next cheap person that comes around. But if you are an a, a intangible feeling that you're doing with these people and they trust you, I mean, think back to the last thing that you bought that was a little bit more expensive, but you trusted the brand or the product or the service. And you didn't mind spending extra because you got the peace of mind. People say they give peace of mind. Show me that you give peace of mind. So Dan Kennedy, back to him, he says that when the economic downturns happen, what happens, and we all know this, the middle class starts shrinking or they stop spending. The the lower class, obviously, like that's going to be hard for a luxury service like pet sitting, dog walking, or pet business, right? Spend, spending stuff on your pets. But the the upper class doesn't get or the affluent minded doesn't get affected as much. So when you're devising your pet business, any kind of pet business, whether it's a service or product or um, whatever it might be, who are you going after? Who is your avatar? Because that's going to... If you know, number one, that we're going to have an economic downturn at some point, because you're going to have your business more than three to five years, right? Then who do you want your avatar, your clients to be? Do you want them to be the upper echelon, the people who are going to be more stable or who who think that no matter what, my dog's going to eat before I eat? Or do you want the penny pincher, coupon clipping, you know, chasing after the next best deal kind of person? It comes down to what do you want? How are you going to build it? 
Yeah, you touched on something there um, about guilt and love and feeling and trust. And, um, you know, I'm a pet parent. I don't have a pet business. I never have had one. And, you know, I know you know my background because it's journalism and helping people when it comes to storytelling around their pet business. Um, And I think that that's really, really important. And I know, like, I'm looking at it from the pet parent's point of view. I just want to know, no matter what happens, no matter how skinned I am, I know that Patch will have his meal subscription every month. And I know that... He'll have the, you know, I won't, I might not put the heating on at the moment, but I will definitely make sure he has the things that I want him to have. Um, And I feel like, I feel like we really need to remember that. And we need to talk about, you know, be, evoke emotions in the, in the stuff that we're putting out there. Like, you know, we need to have that connection with people, don't we? And you're right. It's not about being cheap and cheerful. It's about like telling stories and, building that emotional connection with you so people choose you and they see the value in what you do and I've got a real emotional connection with the dog trainer who we work with now we work with her twice since like when we first got patch and then um we had a little bit of a refresh last year and I talk about all the blooming time and I recommend her all the time and it's you know she's such an important person to me I think it's about those kind of really special bonds that you have with your pet service providers and helping to create those isn't it as well like be that special person in their life absolutely and i bet you're even finding yourself um reasons or looking for reasons to call that dog trainer back because you've created such a good bond with her you said a refresher you know or you're like "Hmm, i wonder what else you could teach me because i love giving you money i want to throw my credit card at you because I trust you, right? I have a joyful experience giving you money because I see how much it improves my relationship with my pets, Mm -hmm. right? And it, it takes the guilt and shame off of me as, oh my gosh, my pet could have such a better life if I just knew how to be a better leader or a better trainer or a better mom or whatever you want to call yourself, right? And... And it's that exchange of emotions that make those services invaluable. Yeah. The other thing I wanted to um, chat to you about is about how, as you know, as humans, as people who work, things are going to change, aren't they? Like we might be working longer hours and that kind of thing. And and actually, um, if you are providing a pet service, like pet sitting, which is I know that it's your, that's your background, and I know you work with clients across all kinds of different things, but like pet sitting or dog walking that kind of thing. They're the kind of things that that people might need more of. Um, And yeah, and maybe for you to, I'd love to know what your thoughts are on like how we can adapt, how we can kind of listen to what our clients and customers need and then adapt accordingly. So yeah, what would your thoughts be on that? Well, a great example of this is something like um, 2020 (laughs) and how everybody started working from home. And there were two major shifts that happened in um, the dog walking and pet sitting industry. And I'll use that as an example. But the ones that got on board didn't actually see that much of a dip. The ones that did not get on board because they go, oh, that'll never work. I can't do that. And all these reasons why they experienced a severe dip in their business. And this is what it was, Rachel. One, it was doing a virtual consultation. Instead of going to someone's home physically and knocking on their door and seeing their home and meeting their pets, they had to understand. And I kept telling them that they were public enemy number one. Nobody wants a human in their home that could potentially path on this virus to them. And the other thing was 
that once we kind of came over that hump and people were working from home and we were in this weird spot, Rachel, where you know, we on Zoom, we were all like business on top, like, you know, hanging out on the bottom or pajama pants on the bottom before people just started like really relaxing and not trying to be as professional on Zoom. But people were horrified when their dog would be barking when like the Amazon man came, you know, down the street three to five times a day. Or when the dog would just be barking because they're like, mom, mom, you're home. Like, take me out, take me out. What do you mean you're on this? Why are you talking all the time? Come on, come on. And they started feeling really guilty but they didn't want to be interrupted because they still wanted to feel and show and see that don't lay me off. I'm worth it still at home. I want to show up and impress people. Um, They wanted to have this perfect uh, facade. And so what a lot of my successful clients started doing was talking to the Zoomaholics. Life changed for everyone. And for us to sit there and keep saying, oh, do you work long hours at the office, eight to 10 hours a day? Let us come walk your dog. That problem didn't exist in 2020. And people did not change their narrative. But the ones that did saw that success. It was like the new messages were, you know, let us, we know how to sneak in your house. We'll create a plan with you. So the minute we open the door, the leash is right there. The dog hears it. So we come straight to us. We get them all leashed up and get them out of the house as soon as possible. So it's not like ding dong, the dog runs to the door. There's all this commotion. You're trying to tell everyone like, stop, like, don't worry about like, or, or you turn your camera off. You're trying to quietly slip out. Yeah. yeah, Okay. Here's the leash. Thanks so much. You know, it's this, this big ruckus. And so those two things were so pivotal in understanding the climate that we are in and solving the new problems. Don't come to my house. We can do it virtually. And you know what happened? A lot of people kept doing virtual. They still do now. And they've saved so much time and money. And they've realized that virtual, if they ask the right questions, can be just as effective as face-to-face. Now, I know there's some people listening and they're totally thinking like, I'm a wackadoodle and that's okay. I have a lot of people that think that, but I promise you it does work. And then um, and then just talking to the Zoomaholics or talking to the people that are just Zooming all day and their dog doesn't understand why they won't get up off the chair and take them for a walk at their home, you know? And then alternatively, when people started going back to work, now, yes, you do have that person that you had before. You work long hours, eight to 10 hours a day, need a dog walker. But now it's, how does your dog make that transition? And so it's important that we talk directly to the people and we're not, again, just an exchange for time and money and I'll come and walk your dog for 30 minutes and you give me $20. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, you gotta, you gotta understand what people's problems are and what their pain points are. So if people are listening and they're thinking, all right, we've got loads going on at the moment, like the world's changing again, how... And, you know, we're talking about problems and pain points and what people are struggling with. Like if they're thinking, OK, how do I find out what my followers or what my community or what my, what my clients, what they're struggling with? How do I do that? What would your advice be to them? Literally every single time you talk to your client, what yeah. made you choose us today? Or what prompted you to seek out our service or this product or whatever it is? Talk to your clients. Most of the time, they're already telling you, you just have to be conscious. Yeah. Like most of the time, we're just like, okay, well, when do you need me? And what do you need me for? Or, or okay, what kind of product do you need right now? 
and we're not actually being human. This is a human doing business with human. It's not a business to consumer. So if you just take a step outside of yourself for a second and be a human and be like, oh, Rachel, what what inspired you to call me today? I'm curious, you know, or Rachel. So I'm sure you've had a dog trainer before. Um, Why? Why? Or I'm sure you've had a dog walker before or have you had a dog walker before? Oh, yeah, I had this other girl. Oh, cool. Well, why not call her? Why call why, why call me? Oh, well, you know, she just always wanted to keep talking to me and I had to do my business or I had to work and she was interrupting me or, you know, you got to ask those questions. You got to be a human and just be curious and ask them. Yeah. And I think, um, well, we just, since we've been locked up for ages or locked down for ages, I think actually going and talking to people is, we really enjoy it. I know from going to events over here where, um, I went to Crufts and then I've been to a few other events. Actually going and talking to people is yeah. just so valuable, isn't it? It's so exciting <laughs> as well, going and actually being able to speak to people too. So, um, so yeah, there's lots, lots to be gleaned from that. And actually when we, when you kind of, when you're conscious of it, you do, li- and when you start listening, you just find so much as well, don't you? When you're like listening to find out what re- what people really like about you and what really lights them up about having your service or having your product or working with you, it helps you sell so much. So, like, I have this class and it's on phone sales because everyone hates it. And I, I know that we're in 2022 at the time of this recording. I know that people would rather text or email. But when it comes to things like pet sitting and dog walking, when you're sleeping in people's beds or you're, you have a key to their home, most of the time people want to talk to you, especially if they're over the age of 45 or so. And, um, and they just need that reassurance. And so it's so important during the discovery process. Oh, Rachel, you know what? What inspired you to call us today? Or, uh, so tell me about your dog. What's your dog's typical routine like? What is he used to? Is he used to you being home or gone all day? Um, you know, have you had a pet sitter or a dog walker before? Oh, why not them? Or who usually cares for Fido when you're gone? All of those open ended questions, you know, what's the most important thing you're looking for when trying to find a pet care provider? When you get all of that stuff, you find out immediately what all their hot buttons are. Oh, Rachel, you didn't trust your neighbor who threw a party at your house? Okay, let me tell you why you're never going to have to worry about that with us, right? Or, oh, Rachel, um, you, uh, you uh, realized that Pardon me. You realize that um, they forgot to lock the door because you came home to like a open back door when you got back and you really were worried about the safety and security of your pets. Totally understand that. Let me explain to you about our training program and how we do double and triple checks and why we do and how we train for that. Like the minute you ask the right open ended questions and then you stop talking and you don't listen to respond or or to react but like to respond it'll make all the difference in the world it's just like this podcast like we're having a conversation but we're building off of each other right because we're not trying to drill into it might it's also really fun when you take it away from them you know rachel we might not be the right you know thing for you based off what you said about you know what you were looking to spend were considerably higher than that however you did say that these two things were really important to you and i can give you my personal guarantee and show you testimonies of why other people have chosen us for that exact reason so i want you to be as comfortable as possible but understand that you know <laughs> you have to make the decision so it's 
it's having honest conversations, but figuring out what why they're even calling you to begin with and what their pain points are. Yeah, I think something that I've seen um, being in Facebook groups and just kind of listening to what what's going on in the world um, with people in my community, there's there's a bit of a it's a bit of a split. Some people are I've got some clients who I've got some clients who I work with who are they kind of have the systems in place and it's all kind of ticking along and they're quietly getting on with things. And but then I'm also seeing in Facebook groups where people are looking for help. Um, that they are coming up against resistance and people might be going for the lowest price dog trainer or they might be going for, you know, the bargain dog walker or pet sitter. And they're feeling very, very dejected and thinking, what do I do? Should I put my prices down? How do I how do I weather this really? So for those who are struggling um, and who are finding that people are cutting back and it's it might be that their pet sitting or the dog walking or the dog training is one of the things that the, that people are cutting. I know it's I know you talked about like, you know, marketing to the affluent and that kind of thing earlier, but when people are in this situation and they're getting these clients saying, I can't afford you anymore, what would what would your, you know, what would you say to them? So the first thing to acknowledge is that, yeah, you are gonna get people like that, Rachel. Yeah. Um, it's just a fact of the world right now. Again, volatile markets, you're gonna hear that a lot more. But oftentimes, um, I don't believe that it's really a price objection. People say that because they're not yet comfortable. So the next thing I would do as a coach is dive into your sales process. Like, what does it look like? Where, what does your logo look like? What does your Facebook feed look like? What kind of stories are you telling? How are you making people feel? Are you using social media to market or using social media to advertise? Because if you're just advertising and saying, hire us, hire us, hire us, you're just spam and you, and you already cheapening your value. How are you presenting your services? Is it a, is it like a menu list or are you solving people's problems? And so I think the, the whole entire way that it's presented, um, the way that you would walk into a, I don't know if you guys have these over there, but like a Chili's or um, like a like a, a kind of a cheaper um, corporate kind of in every single town, like um, a restaurant, right? Where you know exactly what you're going to get no matter where you go. And you can get a steak there. It's like $22, right? Or you can go to a steakhouse and your experience is going to be completely different. Your bill is going to be a lot more expensive. But like it's the difference between having a white, or a um, black um, um, uh, uh, um, <laughs> towel on your on your lap, you know, and having um, someone fill your water and and replace your napkin every single time you get up, and um, and just like that upper echelon service versus, hey, what can I get you? All right, cool, we'll be back. Like, you know, like that wham, bam, thank you, ma'am kind of thing. So I would say that you're, you're always going to get people, but the next, the first thing I'll, I'll, oh my God. The first thing I'll also say to people is how many people are rejecting you and what was it before? Because most of the time people are really emotional about it, business owners, which I understand completely, but they don't even know what their close rate was at the beginning, like before all of this. And so it's like, well, how how far down are you? Are you just having a really bad day where you get three rejections? I get that all the time in my marketing company. I get rejected and I'm like, oh man, like, and it's tough, you guys. But if you look at the numbers and you, what is your goal? How many new clients are you looking at a month? They go, well, I don't know. Okay. How much revenue are you looking at? How much revenue are you actually down over LY last year? I don't know. 
Well, then right now you're just freaking out emotionally right now because you got a couple of rejections, which, yeah, that does kind of stink. But like, let's quantify this. Okay. If we're talking, you used to have a close rate of nine out of 10 and now it's like two out of 10. Okay. Yeah. I give you full permission to freak out. But if it's going from nine to like seven or six, okay, like let's see where we are positioning ourselves. Like I said, are we still talking about in order to sign up with our services, we need to come into your house? And they're like, hell to the no. <laughs> or are we giving them options and saying, you know, normally we do um, uh, in-person consultations and we're happy to do that. However, we also have another alternative option if that makes you more comfortable. Well, guess who's going to get the business? Again, it's ebbing and flowing and understanding and also going back to the numbers. And anyone that's listening to this right now, please know your numbers right now. Like, Don't wait for things to get bad because if you don't know what to compare it to, then you've already lost the race. Mm-hmm. You need to know what are your, your 90-day goals or what are your monthly goals? What are your revenue goals? What are your revenue profit? Or I'm sorry, what are your monthly profit goals? Um, and so freak out based off of numbers, not based off of rejection. Yeah. And yeah, and like you say, if you're doing your marketing and you're getting those calls and you're getting those inquiries, then that's, that's a good sign, isn't it? It's when you're not getting the calls and the inquiries. And, and also the other thing I was going to ask you about, I've got this on my notes is what if, okay. So I've seen, I've seen this come up a lot as well. Like, what if over here in the UK, Bella, honestly, the news is horrific. Like the uh, we're recording this middle of October. We've had a new prime minister come in. It's just been absolute. It's just been mayhem. And there's all this craziness going on at the moment. So another thing I'm seeing is that people feel guilty about even promoting the businesses or guilty about asking people for money, and guilty about marketing. Um, and it's like one of those where I think, well, I, you know, I'm having to market myself as a small business as well. And we had the queen die. I mean, that, you know, we've just had so many things that have gone wrong. And like my feelings are we can market in a way that feels right and market in a way that feels sensitive, but we've got to keep doing something. We can't just stop and we can't feel guilty because other, you know, we're hearing all of this news about how nobody's got anything. What are your thoughts on that about the whole guilt thing? Yeah. Well, one thing my therapist told me 10 years ago was guilt means that you did something wrong. And so if you're feeling guilty, I always check myself and I say, am I doing anything wrong? And then I would answer that and I would go back to what you just said about uh, market, how it feels right to you, how it feels most authentic to you. Because you, your business can't stop. Um, I do understand your national mourning when the queen did die. And that's, you know, a once in a lifetime event, like, you know, that's, that's um, different, but it's your business has to go on and you have to advocate for it. And whatever that looks like for you, you got to keep going. That's why business isn't for everybody. You know, it has to be, it's for the people that can jump back up when they're pushed down or jump back up when they're told no. They have to love challenges. They have to love the word no. They have to love rejection because that's what being an entrepreneur and a business owner is all about. It's about navigating that on a constant basis. It's becoming best friends with it. Totally. Like one, I think 2020 was a really good example in that we over here, possibly over in the States as well, um, we thought 
there was this assumption at the beginning that people would give up the pets because they didn't because we were going into lockdown we had all of this uncertainty we didn't know what 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 the world was going to be like but actually all the animal shelters literally ran out of animals to be yeah. to, you know give new homes yes, over here too. Had, like you know the the dog population went up by well i think we i think there was 3.2 million pets sold in 2020 and the dog population has gone up by like 4 million the cat population has gone up by around the same it's just been insane so we've now got all of these animals who need people to look after them in some way shape or form and actually there's a yeah. lot of opportunity there and if you can see the opportunity and and capture those people in a way that is effective there's there's, there's lots to be there's a lot of opportunity there isn't there that's such a great point and um and I love that you brought that up because if you think about it you're feeling you're only focusing and thinking on oh my gosh this person didn't convert or I'm not getting any calls but if you do think of it that you now have more market share than ever because so many pets were adopted and unfortunately so many businesses did go under too so the providers went down the demand went up there's a lot for you to capitalize on if you stand up and make it happen. Yeah, it's about that grit and determination and resilience and all those words that we see loads of quotes about on Instagram, isn't it? I wanted to share some stats with you, actually, because before we um, before we started the chat, I did a bit of research and the spending on pet, right, this is in the UK, the spending on pet related products in 2021 was 9.3 billion. And in 10 years earlier, it was four and a half. So it's doubled on pet related products. And then in the States, spending pet industry expenditure in 2021 was 123 billion compared to 53 billion in 2012. So it's doubled. And now, I mean, those figures are just like staggering, aren't they? It's uh -huh. huge. Yep. Yep. And I don't know what it's like there, but here, last I saw the statistic, it was six out of 10 households have a pet. Yeah. Um, that that could be dog, cat, lizard, or whatever, mostly dogs and cats. So it's like six out of ten households are a potential client of yours. And then that's why not everyone with a dog or cat are yours. Who is your client? You know what I mean? Definitely. It's um and it is, it's over here we've got similar, it's like one in three homes has a dog now, and I think it's one mm -hmm. in four has a cat. So like it's just massive, isn't it? Mm -hmm. So we've talked a lot about like what people can do. To write it out we've talked about like what people are what we you know what if people are worried about marketing in these in these funny times and ultimately i think as a business owner i've been i've been self-employed for coming up to 17 years this year so i've been i've had a couple of recessions i had a newspaper that i used to work for shut down overnight and that, that was like 80 percent of my income gone like literally like that and it's about be, being um just keeping going isn't it it's it can be hard, but you've got to keep going, haven't you? So I think you've got to stay connected to your why and yeah. your business plan. And you have to have numbers. And I don't think you're allowed to freak out professionally unless you actually have been tracking things. Because other than that, it's just an emotional freak out. And it's no different than a child having a tantrum. And that might be hard for people to swallow. But like you have a business. We need to act like business owners, not like children. Um, who are having tantrums. We yes, it's gonna be hard. And you know what? This is probably gonna happen again at some somehow, some way. It's it's not gonna get all copacetic and kumbaya the rest of our lives. So are you gonna figure it out or are you gonna fold? Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, you've touched on it a lot in this chat, but it's about having systems as well and having systems of, of attracting people and mm-hmm. talking to people and listening to people and using the feedback and learning and learning and learning and going and learning about social media or email marketing or writing or getting press coverage or whatever. You've got to constantly be adding to your skills, haven't you? And not stand still. And and these are the things that are really going to help you grow and elevate you and help you stand out from the competition, aren't they? Absolutely. Absolutely. So on the on the on the standing out from the competition, keeping customers, build loyalty and come out stronger. Like what would your advice be um for pet business owners who want to do that? They want to stand out from the competition. They want to keep going. They want to come out stronger from this. What would you say to them? Um, work on your self-development. Surround yourself by people that are doing what you want to do. Uh run like the plague from those Facebook groups of people cackling and negative and all that. That's why I started my mastermind. It's because it's full of a whole bunch of the jumpers. That's what I call them. My company's jump consulting. I call them jumpers because that's what they're doing. They're jumping all the time. Um, you you have to do that. You have to find a community of people doing things and not making excuses. People that are, yes, they're they're having challenges, but they're overcoming them. With every challenge they have, they have two solutions for. They're actively moving forward. They're connected to their vision and their why. Um, you need people like that in your life. You need to protect your eyes, protect your ears. You need to be a leader over your own life, you know? Yeah. Um, turn off the news. Um, next time you're don't tell me you don't have time for personal development or motivation or inspiration or to learn something new because you have to fold laundry. You have to drive somewhere. You have to cook. And most of the time, if you're a dog walker, you're walking. <laughs> um, you know, we have all of this, this, this extra space in our life that we aren't consciously filling. We're just subconsciously filling it with crap and crap in is crap out. And I hope that's not too crass to say, but (laughs) it's, you know, and good in is going to be good out. And so you just have to be conscious of what's going on. As I'm talking to you, I'm looking beyond my, my screen here and on my wall and throughout my whole house, I love positive sayings. I love, well, you see one right here. It says, follow your dreams. Um, and there's one behind here. It says like, um, be happy. It drives people crazy. Behind me is this 365 new days, 365 new chances. I've got so many of these all over my world intentionally because it is a tough world out there. And the more successful you become, the more people try to beat you down. And it's hard to always stay up. And so that's the way that I've protected myself. That's the way I've surrounded myself um, with that around me and also people in my life and what I listen to and what I do when I go to sleep, neuroplasticity stuff. Like you gotta, you gotta consciously go through life. So. Yeah, I I hear you. Um, I've, when I was there was a few things that you said while we've been talking and particularly about the news so I still work still do a bit of journalism so really I feel like I should be I'm whispering up I feel like I should be into <laughs> the news and sometimes I will not listen or watch any news or buy a newspaper all day um uh-huh. and I'm like oh my god what the hell are you doing like you, you're still supposed to be a journalist but <laughs> I had to shut it out I read the compound effect and that had a huge effect on me and yes it's really made the compound effect is so good. Darren Hardy talks about it. habit stacking. 
yeah so that's been really really great for me um but yeah you're right there's so much information out there so many resources out there for free that you can go and use and that are really going to help you um and like obviously i've mentioned bella's podcast before um in this chat but bella's got an awesome podcast if you don't know about it already you know do go and listen to it because it's full of amazing resources so bella thank you i think that was a really good part to end on um I'd love to know a little bit of what's next for you and your business, and then we'll just wrap things up um, with, you know, where people can find out more from you. So what's next for you? What are you looking forward to? Yeah, um, I'm actually, I just am coming out of a massive growth stage of my business. So I'm just taking my foot off the gas a little bit and just breathing and enjoying life. I've got it down to working just a couple days a week right now because I've got an amazing support team. Um, and, you know, the podcast, like you were saying, comes out every every Thursday too. It's called Bella in Your Business. Um, and I'm just, I'm just slowing down and enjoying things and hanging out with my eight-year-old daughter because she's only eight once, you know, that kind of thing. That sounds blinking amazing. So listen <laughs> to this wise lady and you too could end up like her. That sounds like the life everyone wants to lead, doesn't it? So that's brilliant to hear and I know how hard you work. Bella, tell us where we can find out more about you. I will put all the links in the show notes, but just if you can just say it out Fantastic. Well. I think the best way for me to connect is uh, on Instagram. If you want to follow me, Bella Vasta, you can message me. I have control over that. I will message you back. Um, let me know that you listen to the podcast and we'll uh, give Rachel a shout out. Thank you so much. It's been brilliant chatting to you and Thank enjoy you. the rest of your day. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you for listening to the Publicity for Pet Businesses podcast. For more free resources and ways to promote yourself as a pet entrepreneur, visit www.publicityforpetbusinesses.co.uk.